Hi, everyone. It's Minnesota Politics 101. I'm Pat Kessler, political reporter at WCCO Television in Minneapolis. We are 60, 60 days away from the midterm elections. Minnesota still a battleground state. And another week of explosive news, not the least of which was the FBI Minneapolis office cracking a major case that made national news. Over the, the FBI announcing an undercover sting operation where it recovered Dorothy's ruby slippers, stolen. 13 years ago from a Grand Rapids, Minnesota museum dedicated to Minnesota native Judy Garland. There is no place like home. A metaphor in these chaotic, unpredictable times in which astonishing political news does not come weekly or daily, it is hourly. I have a feeling we're not in Kansas anymore. Kansas is not Minnesota, Minnesota's not Washington, and Washington is not Oz. But sometimes, it sure feels like it. We must be over the rainbow. Good morning. I welcome everyone to this confirmation hearing on the nomination of Mr. Judge Chairman. Brett Kavanaugh. Mr. Chairman. That's what it was like during the very first moments, literally, of the U.S. Senate confirmation hearings for Brett Kavanaugh. I'd like to be recognized to ask a question. Let me pause here. Republicans who control the Senate have all of this on a fast track, attempting to get Kavanaugh confirmed before the midterm elections. Very fast. Kavanaugh's confirmation is very likely to happen to the great chagrin of Democrats who object starting with California Senator Kamala Harris and then Minnesota Senator Amy Klobuchar. Proceed. To serve as Associate Justice... Mr. Chairman, I'd like Supreme to be recognized Court, for United a question States. before we proceed. Mr. Chairman, I'd like to be recognized to ask a question before we proceed. The committee received just last night, less than 15 hours ago, 42,000 pages of documents that we have not had an opportunity to review or read or analyze. You are out, you're out of order. I'll proceed. We cannot possibly move forward, Mr. Chairman. I extend this a very warm welcome to Judge Kavanaugh. We have not been given Kavanaugh an opportunity to have a meaningful his wife, hearing Ashley. on the nominee. There are two daughters. Here's Klobuchar. Mr. Chairman, I agree with my colleague, friends. Senator Harris. Mr. Chairman, Judge we received 42,000 documents that we haven't been able else to review last today. night, and we believe this hearing should I know be postponed. This is an exciting day for all of you. Here. Democrats are not just objecting to the speed of the hearing itself. They object to the release of 42,000 relevant documents literally hours before the hearings began. And then there's further anxiety over the classification by the White House of 100,000 documents as secret under the principle of executive privilege. And it covers the time Kavanaugh served as an attorney in the President Bush White House. So here's Klobuchar's take. This isn't normal. It's an abdication of the role of the Senate and a disservice to the American people. And it is our duty to speak out. Our democracy is on trial. And for the pillars of our democracy and our Constitution to weather this storm, our nation's highest court 
must serve as a ballast in these turbulent times. Our very institutions and those nominated to protect these institutions must be fair, impartial, and unwavering in their commitment to truth and justice. These confirmation hearings are a titanic struggle of ideas and politics and philosophy, and none of this is happening in a vacuum. In Minnesota, there is an election going on. Senator Klobuchar faces a Republican opponent, State Representative Jim Newberger. And I have never, I have never seen um, such blatant disrespect and obstructionism uh, as I've seen uh, in the last few days with this, with this nomination hearing uh, that they're having here in the U.S. Senate. Um, there were, because uh, according to uh, NPR, uh, there were 63 interruptions before lunch on the first day. And one of the first interruptions came from Senator Klobuchar, a motion to adjourn. Uh, there were about 70 protesters that, that, that had to be removed from, uh, removed from the hearing. Uh, the, uh, the judge's family, uh, they felt like they were uh, possibly in danger. They had to leave. His children had to leave because they felt they weren't safe. This is the United States Senate, not the U.S. mob. Then there was this astonishing guerrilla warfare moment inside the White House, the New York Times publishing an anonymous op-ed essay written by a senior official in the Trump administration headlined, I am part of the resistance inside the Trump administration, uh, describing the president, this op-ed, as, here's a quote, impetuous, adversarial, petty, and ineffective. And it said that there are many senior officials working diligently from within to frustrate parts of his agenda and his worse inclinations. I mean, this is crazy stuff. We caught up with University of Minnesota law professor Richard Painter. He's the former ethics lawyer for President George W. Bush, and he says Americans should be terrified. We should be very concerned about what's going on in this White House. Uh, the president uh, just today um, has uh, tweeted yet again about this op-ed, saying that the writer of this op-ed should be turned over to the government by the, uh, the New York Times for national security reasons. Uh, that's not the way we do business in the United States. That may be what they do in uh, Putin's Russia or what they did in Nazi Germany or other dictatorships where people just turned over to the government for uh, writing something that's critical of the government in, in the newspaper, but not in the United States. President Trump doesn't understand what it uh, uh, takes to be president uh, or a political leader of any sort in a democracy. Dr. Painter, you were in the highest levels of the White House with George W. Bush. Uh, tell us, if you can, what you think might be going on in the White House right now after uh, an op-ed and challenge like this one. Well, I, I think a lot of people in the White House have realized that President Trump has lost it uh, psychologically, uh, that he has a strong dictatorial tendencies. Uh, they would probably much prefer that Mike Pence or somebody else uh, be uh, in the Oval Office. Uh, but a number of these people in the White House believe it's better for them to stay and do what they can to uh, keep things on an even keel, prevent a nuclear war some other catastrophe uh, resulting uh, from this uh, president psychologically 
indisposition. So uh, I think that um, uh, there are a lot of worried people in the White House right now, but they aren't necessarily all of them going to quit, and I don't think they all should quit. I, I think they should do what they think is best to uh, protect our country and its interests. One of the passages in the op-ed reads, uh, given the instability many witnessed, there were early whispers within the cabinet of invoking the 25th Amendment, which would start the process for removing a president. But no one wanted to precipitate a constitutional crisis. Do you think that is where this is headed right now? And if it is so serious, why hasn't that begun? Well, the 25th Amendment uh, is very relevant uh, to this situation. It was uh, added to the Constitution in the late 1960s. Uh, in the era of nuclear weapons, uh, to deal with a situation where the president were psychologically indisposed or physically indisposed, unable to do uh, his job. And we are in that situation. It's very dangerous for President Trump to control nuclear weapons. And uh, I believe people in the White House, uh, the vice president, the cabinet members, should be giving the 25th Amendment serious consideration. The vice president and the majority of the cabinet do have the power to remove the president, at least temporarily. Uh, and you just need to look at the president's Twitter feed to see uh, ample evidence uh, that he is uh, psychologically uh, unfit uh, to control a nuclear arsenal uh, that could be used to wipe out human civilization. You are an ethics lawyer in the Bush White House. What are the ethics of this, considering that President Trump was elected by uh, the United States voters and he is the president, and someone is working against him within the White House, not just one person, perhaps many others, uh, acting in a capacity where they're not the president, and yet they are making decisions for the country. Well, yeah, President Trump was elected um, president in 2016 uh, to serve in that office, as it's described in the United States Constitution. The president does not have unlimited power. And uh, if the president is psychologically unfit or is seeking to uh, exercise his power in a manner inconsistent with the Constitution, it is the obligation of anyone who is serving the United States government, whether in the White House or anywhere else, to do everything he or she can uh, to prevent that, to make sure that the uh, office of the presidency is faithfully executed. Um, we have had uh, dictators uh, chosen in other countries uh, through history, uh, were chosen through uh, an elected uh, process. Uh, Hitler was appointed chancellor after his party uh, received sufficient votes uh, to uh, have a powerful voting block in the legislature. Uh, that doesn't mean that there are limited powers associated with that office or any other office. But this is like uh, a shadow government. Uh, if they are that concerned, why not come out in the public and say this is our concern? Well, they should. Uh, some, I think the twenty. I think we're well past time for the Twenty Fifth Amendment to be invoked, and I'm hoping that the Vice President and members of the Cabinet do that. Uh, the author of this uh, op-ed may or may not be a member of the Cabinet. May or may not have that power. Uh, and I think it's critically important for uh, those who uh, are resisting uh, what's going on in this government uh, to do whatever they can and, and not to be uh, subjected to excessive criticism for the manner in which they choose uh, to oppose President Trump. There well, are going to be some who resign. 
and make clear their reason for resigning. There are many Republicans who never joined this administration to begin with. Um, and then there could be those on the inside, and there are a range of different res- appropriate responses. And everybody who stands up to this president, in one way or another, is helping uh, advance the ball here uh, to a point where uh, we hope uh, that either Congress or the cabinet uh, take action uh, to uh, to address this uh, situation before it's too late. Well, to push back on, on that again, uh, this is a president with an administration who is working on the economy, working on trade, working on foreign policy. But what you and I are discussing here is his uh, emotional and mental stability. Is that is that fair? I mean, is is that fair for us to even do if the country seems to be running well? Well, uh, emotional and mental stability are critically important. So with the control of nuclear weapons. Uh, and, uh, the do fact you really the economy, worry about that? Do you really worry about that? I do worry about that, very much so. You look at that Twitter face when the President Trump think about it as if the man you want controls nuclear weapons. It is very dangerous. And the notion the economy is doing well is is not an excuse. Uh, if you go back and look at the economic data in the 1930s, uh, Germany was doing better than the United States, even under FDR uh, in the early 1930s. Uh, Germany was doing better. Uh, take a look at what Germany looked like in 1945. I mean, you cannot tolerate uh, someone who's mentally unstable or who has dictatorial tendencies in a position of power in a representative democracy. And what uh, is the, the story what, ends very, very badly. What is the goal of this op-ed? Who is the audience? Uh, is it America in general? Is it voters? Uh, is it the media? Is it the members of Congress, Republicans in particular? Well, I don't know. I, you know we'd have to speak with the author. We don't know who the author is. Uh, the message from the op-ed is very consistent with the message we see in the book Fire and Fury and now in the Bob Woodward Burke, uh, book, uh, um, Fear. Uh, we've had a number of people who have left the White House and expressed a very similar set of concerns. We see people uh, such as my, my law school classmate, George Conway, who was married to Kellyanne Conway. Yep. And George uh, used to be a very strong supporter of President Trump, uh, but uh, over the past several months has been making it very clear uh, on Twitter uh, that uh, this is a very dangerous situation. If this is as dangerous as uh, you and others are making it sound, why aren't we hearing from Republican leaders in Congress, the Speaker of the House, the Majority Leader, other uh, top leaders of the Republican Party? Do they know that it's dangerous, if it is? We don't know why. Uh, there could be some who uh, President Trump has damaging information on. That may be the case with respect to some of them, or even if Russia has damaging information on some people. I don't know. Uh, people behaving very strangely, such as Lindsey Graham, who's completely changed his attitude toward President Trump. He used to be quite critical, and now he seems to be dearly again to support President Trump. It makes absolutely no sense. Uh, but uh, the repeated pattern we see here, the people in the know, people have been inside this White House, people know what's going on. Thousands of people inside the White House, uh, uh, George Conway, are sounding an alarm bell. Uh, and repeatedly found me an alarm bell. This is not fake news. This is very, very serious. Uh, well, I hope uh, that uh, Congress wakes up. Uh, 
the, the catastrophe that we've got going on in the White House. Now, it may take some electoral defeats for the Republicans in the fall to do that. Um, and that's unfortunate because this should not be a partisan issue. And I've just been through a Senate campaign where there's a complete obsession with partisan political identity. Uh, you know, are you a loyal Republican? Are you a loyal Democrat? That's not what this is about. This is about whether we're loyal Americans, whether we care about the psychological stability of our president uh, and uh, the sound administration of our, of our government. Uh, and right now, this is a catastrophe. Catastrophe, he says. So on that cheery note, <laughs> carry on. If past is prologue, there is much more to come. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Minnesota Politics 101 is produced by Brad Kopp. I'm Pat Kessler. See you next time. That's how we laugh the day away with a ho, ho, ho.